0: Welcome to the Field of Geeks podcast, everybody. I'm Steve. Josh. And today we're honored to have both the CEO and Vice President of Plume Snake Comics with us today. Uh, Alex Odom, he's the CEO and creator of books like Pagantula, which is now officially my new favorite word, Um, (laughs) and The Lioness, which is also co-written by Austin Eichelberger, uh, who's the Vice President of Plume Snake. Uh, Austin is also the author of Last Stop Till Earth, uh, which will be coming out shortly. Uh, we're very happy to have them join us today. Welcome, guys!
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. The honor is all ours. So, Alex, let's kind of start with you a little bit. Uh, Plume Snake uh, has an interesting business model. I'm signed up for the website. I've been able to browse around and uh, even updated my profile. And you know, it's all it's all fun. And and I, I like the I like the format a lot. Tell me about the Thank you. yeah. You're welcome. Tell me about the value proposition for Plume Snake. You know, when when you guys were were dreaming this whole thing up,
1: yeah. Um, well, the, for the for the customer, the value proposition is uh, the convenience and the affordability of our library. Um, you know, it's just going to keep growing. It's just going to become become a better value as time goes on. Um, but we're also going to have titles that people can't get anywhere else. Uh, as well as that. Uh, we're also providing a way for fans to connect to the people who make the comics. So each of our creators will have a profile and our members can, you know, ask them about, you know, specific questions about their title. Um, and for comic creators, uh, the, the value is, you know, aside from 60% profit, uh, a share of 60% of the profit and a non-exclusive distribution deal. Um, we also are taking more of a co-op approach to marketing and promotion. Um, so we get a lot of people that don't really know how to do that, and we're able to help provide that service for them. Um, but we also understand our service is uh, pretty easy to upload um, compared to others out there. So we're pretty proud of that as well.
0: Yeah, I found uh, the interface to be very easy. Um, I mean, it looks great on my laptop, and you know, before I came over, you know, I was just uh, looking over Pigantula again. I was looking at Slate Nash, and you know, I mean, I was looking at a, a few different things, and you know, it's it's very smooth, very smooth interface, and I do like the forum option that you guys have built in. You know, it just kind of gives the uh, the fans a voice as well. Look- yeah,
1: that's definitely a feature we're looking forward to seeing grow. Um, we're we're gonna see uh, what our members want out of that moving forward.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's it's nice, uh, you know, especially today uh, with social media being the way it is. Everybody has an instant voice, right? Sometimes good, sometimes bad. <laughs> you know, we... Yeah, yeah.
1: Some of us abuse the power. Yeah, it
0: that. There's no question. I know. I've never done that. No, of course, no, not. of course. Not. <laughs> no. uh, that's internet anonymity, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, as a digital platform, um, and you know, especially being kind of on the ground floor right now, in the future going forward, do you have any plans for print at some point?
1: Yeah, we we do actually. Um, You know, right now we're we're trying to keep our overhead as low as possible, so that our creators are are benefiting from this. Um, But you know, as we move forward and start to understand how much of our readership are collectors, because we, you know, we still acknowledge that that's a big part of comic culture. Um, But as as we determine, you know, who's out there that that is collecting, um, we plan to release limited edition collectors hmm. volumes and some of the work we distribute
0: ah, that's awesome that's great i know uh you know we we talked to ethan murphy last week and you know i threw him a little cash so he could send me some paper of slayton Nash. so <laughs> right <laughs> i love the digital platform and, and you know sometimes you know over the past few years i've embraced you know platforms like comiXology just for pure storage reasons. You know, I have almost 18,000 comics at home, and I want to keep my marriage, so I'm trying to find (laughs) other ways, uh, you know, to... Yeah,
1: yeah. We actually just did a comic palooza, and we we talked to a lot of people, you know, we would ask, you know, are you a comic book fan? And they'd say, yeah, you know, I was, but I I ran out of uh, so we're even finding we're a pretty good solution for those diehard collectors that have a room dedicated to their comic book
0: right yeah it's uh it's it's fun and, and i and I, I gotta be honest i i find myself uh even on comiXology buying things that i already have physically in my collection but if i'm traveling and want to read it you know or you know at plume snake you know, i can open up my laptop and boom i have instant access to something to read and, and something that's fun to fun to look at
1: right yeah
0: so with Comicsology, um, about that platform, you guys have you guys explored that option? I know it's pretty popular out there. Didn't know if that was something maybe later on to explore, or what your thoughts were.
1: You know, probably not. Um, it's certainly it's certainly an option to anybody who's distributing with us. Our non-exclusive clause, distribution clause, allows them to take their work wherever they feel like it's going to be best represented. Sure. Um, Right now, we're not distributing any titles that are on there. That's not necessarily by, you know, our cho- choice. Um, you know, but I'm not sure in terms of my titles if I will or not. Yeah. I think time will tell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I know it doesn't always cater to everyone, uh, as well, which is, uh, I only ask because I need more room in my phone anyway and I, I can't keep <laughs> downloading comics, so. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as you know as technology continues to advance and you know social media now has had such a strong imprint for for a lot of years for various types of media you know it's big for both creators companies and and the fans alike you know it's a great chance for people to interact what pl- platform for plume snake defines your guys's presence today
1: um you know it's, it's looking more and more these days like twitter is our mouthpiece Mm-hmm. um obviously instagram is is really great you know as a visual uh aspect of social media i think if you if you really just want to get the feel for what you might see on our website check out our instagram you know that's that's a great way to do it um but i think a lot of our you know our branding our personalities come out more in 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 twitter
0: sure and and i know i've interacted with you guys on twitter a few times and uh i like that you guys are active you know it's um it's nice to see consistent content being put out, you know, that keeps the, like you said, it keeps the brand active.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, it's a lot of work. I I give props (laughs) to all the social media coordinators out there. I think people just assume you're, you're goofing off, but it's it's, it's a lot of work to put together that content.
0: There is. And you're absolutely right. Even on my blog, you know, I mean, those last week or two at work, I mean, I can't tell you how swamped I've been and you know, it's only been a week, but then you feel like I haven't touched anything, and I need to get. Right. You know, <laughs> I need to. I need to. <laughs> yeah. not, I need to quit my job. Basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, if my boss is listening to this, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, edit that out. Yeah, please. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Got it. So, yeah. <laughs> Plume Snake is a as a company. You know, um, five years from now, ten years from now, what's the what's the overarching vision that you guys see for yourselves?
1: Um, well, uh, we, uh, we plan to push into, uh, a lot of different areas actually, uh, both Austin and I are educators mm-hmm. and, um, we both feel, I mean, I mean, I won't speak for Austin, but I feel like it is part of what makes me a better artist. Right. Um, so we had, we still have an eye on that actually. And we plan to push into arts integration, um, It's it's an area that I have kinda specialized in over the years. So we're interested in seeing what comic books can do in schools, a tool for English as a second language students and stuff like that. Oh nice. Um, you know, but we're also we we also want to be represented at all the big cons. Um I think in five years we will be. Uh we'd really like to be a resource for the industry. Uh we want we wanna be able to provide Encouragement, tips, uh, lessons, other resources for artists and illustrators and writers who are coming up, uh, just learning. And, uh, you know, we we really want to push into TV and film, you know, with uh, all these great animation software becoming open source these days. I, I think that's going to be a huge market soon. Even bigger than it is
0: now, <laughs> oh, absolutely mm-hmm. yeah there's no there's, there's so much great stuff out there, you know i mean uh, even even the big two you know d c and Marvel you know they've really taken to the animated world, and you know I think it'd be cool to see some of the more independent stuff get out there, originality yeah right, you know because i mean we we all know who Batman is, yeah. we all know who Thor is and everyone mm-hmm. else. Green Lantern, I'll save aside because I'll watch anything with Green Lantern. So, um, but I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think it, you know, the more diverse content you see, uh, I think it's just going to be better for the industry. And so that kind of leads me to my next question is that with such a large independent market, what kind of challenges do you guys see for, uh, foresee at least maybe in the future getting a book to take hold or even maybe kind of go viral, so to speak?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great question, actually. <laughs> um well, Austin and I both have a background in, in literary publishing. Mm.
2: Um,
1: so we, we've studied the traditional publishing model and we, we know that for most big publishers, they're only going to back really one in every ten titles with, with any marketing money. Right. Um, that kind of goes against what we're trying to do. So, you know, because we're more of a co-op um, we're, we're taking more of a co-op approach to this, we really are, are operating more of the assumption that we're promoting one to promote them all. Um, but really, I, I think the biggest challenge with doing it that way is just having the patience for a title to find their audience. Right. Um, but, you know, for us being digital uh, rather than print we we don't necessarily have to invest as much in a title so i think it's going to allow us to be a little more patient
0: yeah absolutely that's a especially like you said with the overhead staying as low as possible you know you don't have the costs associated with you know the print and and getting everything out there the distributors and and all that stuff that's and i have a friend who is an author and he's had a lot of that experience where you know he's had he's had book series you know six seven books and You know, sometimes the advertising and the marketing, uh, as you said, it latches on. Sometimes it doesn't, and um, that can can make it or break it.
1: Yeah, and a a lot of times it does, and it's just sort of a gamble. You know, they just guess which titles might do best, and, you know, sometimes it's your title and sometimes it's not.
0: (laughs) Right.
3: Well I had a question regarding uh forgive me if I heard it wrong, but you said you wish to someday um interject comics into like schools and so on
1: yeah um well my my day job um is that uh, I'm an arts integration specialist, so I actually work with students of all ages and uh one of my particular specialties is working with uh disabled students
2: oh and
1: um you know, my, my job doing that is actually to find ways to make material accessible to students. And a lot of the way I do it is through creative writing and theater. But, you know, this, this whole last year I've been doing it, I've been thinking about how comic books could be used. Just the, the visual combined with the language, um, could be a really powerful tool for students who are maybe non-traditional learners.
3: Sure definitely is um historical fiction thought of
1: yeah absolutely i mean i think i think there's definitely a, you know a market for you know for history um you know whether it's whether it's non fiction or historical fiction um yeah i think we're as educators i think people are i think educators are dealing with uh a population that learns almost entirely visually now. Yes. Um, so, so I think, you know, almost any application you could find for it would, would probably get through to a lot of students.
3: Yeah, I, I totally mm-hmm. agree. I think that's great.
0: So for aspiring creators, you know, people up and coming, um, tell us how they can submit work for you guys.
1: Austin, awesome. you want to tackle
2: that? Sure. So um, all they have to do is go to our website, Click on the Submit Your Work link that you'll see listed on there, and uh, it'll take them to a portal where they can create a uh, regular membership, a subscription membership, or a creator membership, and they can just click on the creator membership, which is free, uh, create their profile really quickly. It's just a few short steps,
0: and then they'll be able to upload their work. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds super easy, actually.
2: We tried to make it as as compassionate as possible for our creators.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, ease of use is something that you know uh, from a technology perspective isn't always easy. You know, as as people say, it is. And mm-hmm. yeah, that that process sounds awesome. I know signing up for the site myself is just a fan, uh, and you know, getting to the books you know, it was it was just ridiculously easy. It was it was a lot of fun and uh, well worth the money. There's no question.
2: Excellent. Yeah, thanks. We're glad. Let's go win a <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and and you know, again, all these questions. This is coming from a fan perspective, you know. So um, I appreciate you guys answering those. So, uh, kind of lastly, on the business side of it, I know with independent companies and things like that, they don't really historically kind of have a shared universe like your DC, Marvel, sometimes Image, all that. The characters coexisting. Do you guys ever plan on some crossover stuff at some point with your various creators?
1: Um, you know, we're not going to say never.
0: Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing on the burner right um, now, though.
1: Yeah, but right mm-hmm. now, uh, the 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 licensing that we have set up with our creators, uh, we feel like might get a little complicated uh, if we started a shared universe. Sure. So it it may it may get to the point where we start to encourage certain people to do it if there's an opportunity. Right, um, but right now it's not really something we have our
0: eye on. Right, and that's understandable. I know that you know the whole image early years, right, with uh, Todd McFarlane and the whole Angela Spawn lawsuit. I mean, there's just a there's a mm-hmm. lot of openings for some goofy activity sometimes. Uh, yeah. So I I totally yeah. understand where where you're coming from on that. Um, that's awesome. I mean, it's a, it's really neat to see this. Uh, this company coming up as it is. And I, like I said, I've enjoyed the content a lot. I like the diverse content, you know, I mean, I've got a zillion superhero comics. I love that stuff. I mean, everybody loves that stuff, but it is nice to, you know, I really enjoyed things like Sandman. I liked the stuff that was offbeat things that I could, you know, kind of tear into and it was different. Um. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's honestly the kind of stuff that got us in the comics. You know, the, the, unexpected titles um you know like pretty deadly something like that Mm -hmm. um you know that that really takes the genre in a new direction
0: yeah agreed
1: Um, so yeah we've we've got an eye out for for stuff we haven't seen before
0: right yeah and you're right i mean you you've seen in superhero stuff it's a lot yeah you know, as much as I love it, it's a lot of regurgitation of plots of stories, and you know it's it's almost a circle you know i mean we've we've all seen Batman hit somebody right. <laughs> yeah. right. you know yeah. but I haven't seen a robot crap out a car and give it to people <laughs> um... <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> referencing BlankyBot Bot, uh, which is but, you awesome. you
1: coming up, coming up at some of these cons, you may, you may just be one. There we're uh, <laughs> we're working we're working on a suit so. I know I know some Sweet. tech
0: guys, so if you need, <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That is awesome.
1: Yeah. My wife is actually a props artisan, so we've we've got kind of an in there. She's oh, gonna nice. Make us some, something cool.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, because you guys were just at Comic Palooza, and was that in Houston?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Was that, uh, what kind of turnout did you guys see?
1: I uh, it was, it was a pretty great turnout. Um, Saturday, it was, it was almost an overwhelming number of people there. Um, but yeah, we had a really great response. Uh, it, it was, it was pretty
0: productive for us. That's awesome. That's good to hear. That's great. So on the, on the creativity side, um, we'll kind of just rotate here. Um, You know, Austin. Let's start with you on this one. Um, Who were some of the creators that inspired you coming up uh, in comics, or and even if it's not a comic creator, you had other, you know, inspirations? I guess. Um, Where does your inspiration come from?
2: Sure. So, with comics specifically, um, probably the two creators that influenced me the most would be Stanley, just because he has that huge reach. You know what (laughs) I mean. and X Men really influenced me growing up. That was one of my favorite titles. Uh and then Alan Moore. The work of Alan oh, Moore yeah. just really changed the way I looked at the genre. Um and the medium itself, you know. Really changed how um I approached storytelling. Sure. Um especially Promethea. Promethea really slipped me out when I discovered that in <laughs> high school, I think. Yeah. Um Yeah. So those are probably be my two favorite ones within comics. Um Within literary writing, there are so many, but I read a lot of Kurt Vonnegut when I was young. Okay. He was probably my greatest influence while I was young uh, in terms of
0: writing. So, yeah. That's awesome. How about you, Alex? Same question.
1: Uh, yeah. It's it's pretty hard not to be influenced by uh, Stan the Manly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, really, I was nuts over the Ninja Turtles. So Kevin yes. and Peter <laughs> Laird were probably the biggest influence for me. Um, but also um, Gary Larson, The Far Side. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that I was. I guess I was a weird kid because I loved
2: that.
0: <laughs> yeah, my brother had all the Far Side books, and I, we would read those all the time. Um, just classic stuff. Uh, one of my favorites is the—I don't know if you remember this one at all—but the there's cows just uh, standing up. And they yell car. The car comes over the hill, and they're all you know on all fours. The car leaves, and they're all standing up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I,
1: I think my favorite was that there's two deer talking to each other, and one has a, a bullseye on his side, and the other one turns to him and says, "Gnarly birthmark, dude." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Gary Larson was, he was a genius. I and mean, there was, there's yeah. no question mm-hmm. about it. Him and Bill Watterson, I mean, man, those two guys, oh, yeah. they changed yeah. the whole thing for me at least. But that no, was fun. Well, that's great. Yeah. So why comics as a medium, Alex? You know, there's all sorts of, you know, like you said, you've had publishing experience before in other areas. We talked a little bit about it earlier with the comics, but uh, what really brought you to this point?
1: Um, well, yeah, I, I studied to be a playwright and, um, you know, I've, I've published in almost every genre and, um, okay. comics were kind of the last thing I had tried. I had always wanted to, um, actually started one with Kurt Pilgrim, who I'm, is now, uh, the illustrator on The Lioness and Last Stop to Earth. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we started one back in college and we just didn't have the stamina for it back then. Um... But I don't know, I got a little disillusioned with the theater audience. I felt like the kinds of work that was being produced was really homogenized,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that I maybe just didn't get the audience anymore. Sure. So I started thinking about how to how to um, transfer dramatic writing skills, I and mean, it was pretty easy to, to switch over to comic books. But really what did it for me is the fans. You know, I, I just you you really can't find better fans out there than comic book fans. Um and I, I you know I'm a writer. I want to be read. Um and it just it seemed like a good a good uh fan fan base to try and try and be read by.
0: There's there's no uh questioning the passion of comic book fans. There's <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah, and and honestly too, you know, I look around and I see comics that are, are really informing a lot of other art forms, you know, I'm seeing film and television being oh, adapted yeah. into it. And I'm actually seeing theater start to take influences from comic books as well as poetry even. Mm. Um so yeah, I don't know, it just seems like the art form at the forefront right now.
0: Yeah, it mm-hmm. certainly have a, it has a lot of exposure, no doubt. How about you, Austin? Um, what brought you into comics as a, you know, hey, this is what I want to do with my career at this point?
2: Um, well, I've always loved comics. So I've just always loved the medium. Um, I just think it's beautiful. I think it's a really cool way to sort of integrate the reader's creation of a world with someone else's creation of the world, um, of a world. Um, and, you know, there have been studies done for years that show that... Uh, explaining information in a graphic form with pictures and words is the best way for people to learn and for people to pass things on. And I think there's really something to that. I think it's just a really cool medium that communicates in a way that perhaps other mediums don't quite, Um, not even movies. I think there's something about being able to sit and just look at that one page of a comic that you cannot get over. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I wanted to capture that, and I wanted to be a part of it. So, that's, yeah. yeah, I had to write comics. That's cool. So that's uh, awesome.
1: Allison and I were actually talking about this this weekend about how we feel like sometimes comic books don't translate well to film and television because they're almost better to let the reader interpret it and interpret it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always feel like they sometimes sometimes your reader will make it better in their interpretation.
0: Yeah, there's, there's no question about it. I mean, there's so many comic stories I remember even growing up that now that I've matured and I'm older that I think to myself, boy, when I was a kid, I would have loved to have seen that on screen. And I'm not sure it would translate as well today, even with all the technology um, and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I, you know, I, I go back and I read a lot of older things that I just look at and I'm like, I just, I prefer it on the page. Well, unfortunately, it'd
3: probably mm-hmm. be labeled as too artsy and it wouldn't be box office gold, you sure. know, which doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it means something to have sequels, right. but yeah, when you have a movie out there that doesn't hit all the notes, but it's great critically, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and you know, Hollywood's fans. right. And Hollywood's fairly broken in that aspect, I think, <laughs> yeah. where, you know, they're not looking for, you know, that cool artsy film that's going to look really sweet. They're looking for their, you know, they want a billion formula. dollar. Yes. Right.
3: Whatever's working.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we see some yeah, of that which, shift. Which, yeah. You
1: know, I, I think it's fine for a while, but if if you don't mature with, you know, with your audience, then they leave you.
3: Right. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's no question. That's that's a great
3: point. Well, I think people brought that up about Wolverine saying, how can he have a rated R movie now? But they don't realize the kids grew up watching him. They're ready mm-hmm. for an R-rated movie. It's <laughs> not going to affect them at all. Right. right yeah. <laughs> They've grown. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and, I, you know, I've been to a, i was just at the comic store yesterday. You know, I, there was probably 15, 20 adults in there buying comics. I saw one kid, mm-hmm. you know, and Yeah. I, it's not like it was in the old days, you know, where you went to a 7 Eleven and you had a comic stand that you could just spin around and, you know, grab right. whatever you could afford. Um, mm-hmm. It is a little bit <laughs> different. So, yeah. That's good. So, um, this is probably the toughest question I'm going to grill you guys with. I think so. Hopefully, it's not too bad. But um, Austin, for you, without going into you know too much detail or you know anything like that, but uh, how how do you overcome obstacles with a creative process? You know, I mean, everybody has either writer's block. Artists sometimes throw out something that looks great one day, and they feel like the next thing they draw is terrible. Uh, how do you get past <clears throat> that that blockade, so to speak?
2: Uh, I really, I just try to be as organized as I go about my creative uh, processes as I can. And I, uh, I try to let them remain organic while keeping an eye on them, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. I try to just let it sort of do what it's doing, but I try to edit it as I go as well and sort of keep a close eye on there. Um, and I don't know. I've found for me, the biggest thing is just laying out what I need to do. I'm doing it. <laughs> I know sure. that sounds ridiculous. It's like when Hemingway said, you know, there's nothing to writing. You just sit down with a typewriter and bleed. Um, <laughs> but I think laying things out in a way that the artistic brain doesn't necessarily love sometimes helps me stick to uh, my priorities and the tasks that I need to get done before the things that I want to get done are the details that I'm nitpicking. Um, and it sort of helps me to keep moving That's keep going forward with it.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great answer. Uh, very good. So, how about you, Alex? Uh, same question.
1: Um, well, my my biggest opti- obstacle uh, tends to revolve around uh, running out of coffee. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh,
3: that's a problem. Typically, if my
1: <laughs> if my process isn't clicking, it's normally because I'm, I'm like too comfortable with what I'm doing. Yeah. Um. So I, I've kind of found over the years if I just keep pushing further out of my comfort zone. Um, something will eventually challenge me to reexamine my perspective.
2: Sure.
1: And you know, sometimes I can apply it to what I'm working on in the moment and it'll, it'll get the gears turning again. And you know, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but really, uh, I think teaching and travel are probably the main ways that I stay engaged as an artist. Mm. I just kind of feel like if you're doing either one right, then you're giving constant consideration to the perspective of others. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially with teaching. Teaching
2: really helps you, like, get in touch with that as an artist, I think. Yeah. yeah. Sort of step outside
3: yourself.
0: Well, I bet. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, and it, that's that's very – it's almost admirable, to be honest with you. I mean, that's just a, that's a great way to look at it. Um, great answers. Thanks. So, uh, you know, they, the obvious answer to this next question is success, but maybe a little more abstract. What are your long-term goals for yourself and for your comics?
1: Austin, you want to go first?
2: Sure, sure. Um, I would love to have a solid indie readership. Um, part of what I'm working with this last Stop till earth is a little bit of a satirical look at capitalism hmm. um and the free market system and what it would really mean on a universal scale, how it could affect things um and so I'm hoping that that will resonate. I would love for people to sort of be thinking and talking about that stuff a little bit more um I don't know i'd I'd just love to see an impact. um I'd love to have some fans that would be brilliant sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't want to delude myself into reaching too high, uh, but I would love any and all success that I could get. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. How about you, Alex? Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm always
1: pushing to be a, a better writer, um, but recently I, I you know, I started illustrating. I guess I've been at it about eight months now. Um, so I'm, I've got a lot to learn uh, with that, and I'm kind of devo- developing my own, Process while I do that, um, you know, And then, really, you know, the other thing is just learning, learning as much as I can about you know being a good business person and uh, making this thing happen for for everybody involved.
0: Yeah, no pressure, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Luckily, pretty much everybody we work with is really great, and I think I think they understand what we're trying to do. So that that's a huge help.
0: That's great, yeah. That's great stuff. So outside of comics, uh, Alex, uh, what you know, what are your passions? You know, hobbies that you have, uh, something, something kind of outside of the art realm that you know you really like.
1: Yeah, uh, well, between uh, running this company and living in Houston, I don't get to do these <laughs> things very often. But uh, I really love camping and hiking. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I, I used to. I actually used to live in Santa Fe. Uh, New Mexico, and, uh, near Austin, and we probably went hiking, I don't know, three, two, three times a week, um, mm-hmm. but don't quite have the time for that these days.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. You're you're busy. There's no question. Yeah. How about you, Austin? Anything fun?
1: Um, I love
2: hiking. I love being outdoors. I grew up on a horse farm. so I really <laughs> nice. love the natural world and being outside and uh, doing that sort of work, um, and I also love literary writing, so... I also do uh, short stories, short stories, and short memoir.
0: That's awesome. cool. Yeah, that's great. Hopefully, we can see some of that down the road too.
2: Uh, surely, surely, yeah. I have a ton of it online. Yeah, so <laughs> good.
0: It's out there. Oh, no, it's old. <laughs> They have a thing called Google, right? We could probably look at it and yeah. <laughs> start looking yes, around. I believe so. <laughs> Poke around a little I've heard bit. things. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard things as well. I <laughs> I know I'm a little older, but, you know. Internet.
1: Yeah, let me know how that works out. I will.
0: So <laughs> 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 a big rumor. So um, I do have a question that I, I don't have here kind of on the agenda. Uh, just kind of came to my head. So when it comes to creators submitting work, um, whether it's a writer or just an artist, are there people out there that can be paired together? You know, you have an artist who's just itching to draw he's you know, not much of a writer uh, or she um, and, you know, uh, or a writer, vice versa, who, you know, couldn't draw a stick figure to save their lives. Um, do you have anything yeah, uh, that's, for that?
1: Well, that's, that's really honestly the biggest thing we hear. Uh, you, you know, you've got a lot of people out there who have spent, you know, a year or two putting together their titles. And they're at the point now where they need to distribute and market it. But more than anything, we find people who are looking for that that match. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's something we're trying to keep in mind with our service. Uh, early on, we're going to try to have members utilize our members forum to mm. try to try and make those connections with each other. Um, but we we actually have uh, some thoughts on integrating something a service that might help match people um through our website.
0: Awesome. Cool. I just yeah. it just hit me as we were talking. I uh I was I was wondering how that might work. So uh Austin, tell us about your comics that you have coming out. I know you you talked a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. What else uh and it was last stop till earth I, I think it sounds like an intriguing premise. Um outside of that one, do you have anything else on the docket?
2: Um so Alex and I work together on Lioness. Um that's, those are the only two that I'm working on right now. Um, yeah. Did you want me to describe them or anything? Sure. Please. Okay. Cool. Um, so Last Stop Till Earth is about an alien space station in the Oort cloud, uh, which surrounds it's a cloud of asteroids around our solar system. Um, and the whole idea is that they know we're here, but we have no idea they're there. So they're sort mm. of waiting for us to catch on. <laughs> uh, and it's basically an intergalactic truck stop in this corner of the universe that isn't traversed very often because, you know, these little monkeys on earth haven't caught up to everyone else in the universe. Right. Um, so yeah, it's sort of what happens there. It's about this, uh, really diverse group of aliens who live and run, who live on the station and, uh, run all the stores there and sort of how they have to fight each other sometimes and work together at other times to make things work for themselves. Um, and how they, they encounter, um, a an artifact from uh, the beginnings of the universe that the most powerful beings in the universe are trying to get after. So it also looks at how these sort of normal people deal with that.
0: Oh That sounds awesome. Uh, and when's the first oh. issue come out for that? Uh, July 1st. July 1st. I will be logging in for that. <laughs> so that, uh, mm-hmm. that sounds good. And I know the cover art, I mean, it just looked really neat. So I'm uh, I'm excited for that.
2: Thank you. Uh, That cover, the art in it is done by Kirk Pilgrim, uh, the artist who Alex was talking about working with in college. Um, He's really, really awesome. I really love his work. And he's doing it in watercolors. So I really like this sort of space in watercolors idea.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to see how that turns out. That sounds cool. cool. I actually had a question. Um,
3: Was your inspiration for that story kind of like Deep Space Nine sort of? Do you, I don't know if you're a Star Trek fan or anything, I just, the isolation you're talking about, uh, just, mm-hmm. it, it was familiar you know, to it's me. it's so with...
2: funny you mentioned that. My grandparents used to watch Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah? I had never thought about it, but I think that was, that's probably in there somewhere, for sure. You must that's have, really yeah, familiar. you must have, osmosis <laughs> it. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even consider it. Um, but yeah, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, that isolation and, yeah, hmm. I'm gonna to have to comb back through and see what I included. Right, yeah. <laughs> the bits of my grandparents are in there. <laughs> hey,
3: that's that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. That's what makes us people we are. So it's yeah. that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like you said, osmosis, Thanks. right? I mean, it's yeah. Uh, we do so many things we don't think about sometimes, and you right. know, who knows where some of those influences come from? That's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely,
2: that's one of the best parts about being a creator.
0: Yeah, absolutely, exactly. Alex, how about you? Um, I read uh, The Lioness uh, today as well as Pig Angela and Blanky Bot, obviously, since my reference earlier to that. But um, tell tell us about those titles.
1: Sure. Um, well, <laughs> excuse me. A Lioness is, is a, a co-creation of uh, Austin, myself, and Kurt Pilgrim. Um, and Kurt, Kurt's doing uh, the pencil and ink. Mm. And we have a great artist who... Uh, fantastic doing the colors Emily's and petty um, but that story uh, takes place on a terraformed planet uh, it's a small settlement of humans uh, that forged their lives in inhospitable terrain um, so we're picking up the story after generations of struggle um, where the, the landscape and the planet life have shaped their culture and their belief system. So the story picks up with a teenage girl named Alma and all of her peers who have to test themselves in a deadly coming of age ritual on the edge of the desert, um, which is this unforgiving, uh, colorful, colorful looking desert called the lioness. Um, but we, we modeled it after, uh, China, with China's painted desert. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Um, but a lot of what we're doing with that story is, uh, Austin and I have a particular interest in how, uh, urban legends are formed. Um, so we, we sort of started over with a culture that would feel familiar to our own, uh, that we could, we could sort of build these, this mythology from.
0: Yeah, I, I know um, reading it today, it was very – it was like an eight-page, kind of a zero-type issue. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it was almost – to me, I mean, I felt like it was just – it was a great teaser because, uh, um, you know, you kind of got to see a little bit of that and, you know, left off and, you know, I'm I'm ready to read it, so.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, well, uh, let's see,
0: what
1: else? Yeah. uh is – is one that I am doing solo. below. It's it's my first uh, dip into doing illustration. Um, And uh, my my background is actually, uh, aside from being a writer, I'm a theater technician. So um, I'm actually building puppets and photographing them. And then um, sometimes building set pieces and props, but for the most part, building that stuff in Photoshop. Oh, yeah. So it's been... Kind of a fun, a fun way for me to to tell a story. Um, But uh, that story centers around uh, a mad scientist named Mitch, who has been uh, commissioned by the North Korean Minister of Game Show Education (laughs) (laughs) to. um, (laughs) he's, He's been commissioned to create this strange creature. Um and uh the story is really about what happens when that creature gets loose.
3: Right. Oh that's cool. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I like the checklist. And then, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I had I've I've had a lot of fun with that one. I'm I'm hoping it translates.
0: It was brilliant. Um,
1: and uh the other one I'm I'm working on is uh Blinky Bot and I'm working on that with an illustrator named Parker Jennings. Uh he's Somebody I met when I worked at the Santa Fe Opera in New Mexico, and um, we just had a, a really great rapport and started talking out this, you know, this story then. And uh, it's taken, you know, it's taken some years to to get it going, but luckily we started it. Back in the day, so he's he's got a little bit of a backlog that we're going to be releasing soon. Oh, great! Um, but that is the story of Blinky Bot, a ball dust powered robot, um, who essentially uh, swallows whole trees and poops out wooden toys. <laughs> um
0: oh, that's so great.
1: So, in this episode, we are in this issue, we we see him. Uh, with good intentions, but ultimately getting himself in trouble at an earth day festival <laughs> and, um, moving, moving forward. We, uh, we learn a little bit about the man who created Blinky Bot and why, yeah. um, but that is later to come.
0: Oh, uh, I can't wait. I, uh, I enjoyed, you know, again, uh, they were sh- too short in my opinion, obviously, but, uh, it's just cause I'm selfish. Um, but it was great. I mean, those were those were both brilliant. I loved them a lot. So,
3: Will him and uh, Santa Claus uh, compete in the <laughs> toy market?
0: <laughs> I think Santa might be upset at the market. And the holiday issue, perhaps. Away, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Brand recognition for Santa. You know. <laughs> yeah, go, right.
3: That Earth Day thing. Oh, God. I could just see that in a movie. I don't know.
0: That's, that was It was funny. I enjoyed it immensely. It was
3: oh, great. my gosh. It's funny. Hey.
0: Um, yeah, it was fun. So... <laughs> Um. Well. Good. So the 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 last question is just kind of our standard. This is kind of what we like to ask people. Um, you both have really really upset an alien race. Um, uh, and you get to take any five superheroes, any five, regardless of company, how big, how small, you know, names of uh, that they are. Uh, who do you pick to protect you and have your back, Austin?
2: Um, I would take Gamora. I'd take Star Lord, Captain Marvel. Wolverine, because I need a man on the ground too, <laughs> and then the often forgotten D-Man. I would take D-Man with me. Thank
0: awesome! You. Yeah, that's a, that's uh, <laughs> that's a great choices. Um, Wolverine's a smart choice. Um, he can take a little punishment I love too. Wolverine. No, he's great. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah,
0: there's no question about it. How about you, Alex? Five superheroes.
1: Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna dip my toe out of comics for a second and say Garnet from the Crystal Gem. Okay. Um, for some, a little bit of alien relations. Um, <laughs> professor Professor X for diplomacy in case we can negotiate. There you go. Um, I think I want Hellboy okay. for his expertise battling the weird and the unknown. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if she te- if she qualifies as a superhero, but uh, Suze from the comic Sex Criminals.
0: Okay. Um,
1: she can freeze time, and I feel like that would be really useful.
0: That's useful in any scenario. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
1: And uh, last but not least, uh, the Hulk, just in case negotiations go south.
0: That is. That was one of my go-tos when I was answering that question, too. It's just because you don't know, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nice to have one of those in <laughs> I garage. like that you
2: considered negotiation, yeah. Alex. I didn't even consider negotiation. I just...
1: Well, you know, he just said that we upset them. So. <laughs> true, true.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean they're going to kill you, but they are just not happy with you for whatever reason. So, yeah, no, that's good. That's awesome stuff. So uh, for plugs, you know, um, uh, I know I've already signed up, but where can they find you guys on the, the interwebs? Uh,
1: We're at plumesnake.com, and that is P-L-U-N-E, snakecom <laughs>
0: Yep and then on twitter as well as uh, it under the same name yeah name?
1: we yeah we're uh we're on twitter as uh, please think we're on facebook as Plinkink Comics, and we're on instagram as well
0: awesome awesome well everybody listening Great. i encourage you to check them out yeah definitely. Um, it's it's really one of the best bargains you're going to get at this point um with the amount of content on there for what you're paying i mean it's you know, it's five bucks. Um, yeah. It's...
1: And it's just going to get better. We're just adding more content. I mean, we picked up a bunch of titles at comic.
0: Oh, sweet. Um, Fantastic. Keep an eye out for those. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, awesome. we, we look forward to the growth of plume snake and, you know, we're, we're extremely flattered and honored that you guys uh, spent some time with us, uh, um, both, uh, you know, on, on, on Twitter off and on. And, you know, Ethan, I know had, uh, he did an interview for my blog as well as, uh, he was with us last week. So, you know, we just sure appreciate everything you guys have, uh, you know, done to kind of hang out with us a little bit and, and hopefully we can, uh, steer people your way.
1: Well, Hey man, the, the honor is ours and we've really enjoyed
3: talking to you guys. Yep, likewise. Yeah, thank you. For real. Thank you. It's yep. great.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks again for joining us and uh hopefully we'll talk with you guys soon. We're going to be uh we're going to be watching.
1: All right, thanks All right. You guys. Have I'll a good know. night.
3: Yep, take Me care. You
0: take care. Oh.